Hey, welcome to the weekly, this special Christmas, soon to be Christmas Eve edition. All that means is it's Christmas week. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, with my good friend, Jay Ewing. How you doing? Oh, man. Christmas week, the week of empty carbs and lots of sugar, my friend. Oh, I've been I've been doing that the whole month though. Oh, I've been doing that all 2020. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this can't go. Yes, this can't go. Food. Food again. Um, shopping. So I'm gonna start my Christmas shopping any day now. <laughs> Do you think Amazon's Prime still exists? I I know they still exist. You just won't get it before Christmas. Okay. Okay. Unless you go over to the Amazon building, knock on the door, and say, "Hey, what can I buy today?" I, did you know there was an Amazon? <laughs> Like brick and mortar store in Boulder? No, there's not. Yes, there is. On 29th Street Mall, there's an Amazon store you can walk in. I think you can just buy like the returns that people had at Kohl's yeah. or something. I have no Hold idea. Hold the phone. That's yeah. awesome. That's so cool. So I don't know what they have there. Yeah, what do they have there? You're just going to go pick something out? I don't know. If you bought something at the Amazon Prime store in person, email theweekly at calorybible.com. I want to hear what you bought. It was probably a crock pot. It was, or it's a pot. <laughs> Or an Instant Pot. All right. I have a really serious question for you, Thomas, today on the weekly. No, you don't. What is your favorite <laughs> Christmas movie? You know, oh, man. The we, one you can tell people you the, actually like. <laughs> you know, I think hands down, it's got to be still Christmas Vacation. Yeah. that's. It's hard to beat it. Like, I watched that, that movie. Kristen really wanted to watch Home Alone. Yeah. Um, which is also a good top movie. It's Home Alone's great. Although our kids are still a little too young, where people breaking into the house is a little scary. So really, yeah. So we're <laughs> not they're not watching it yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, our kids haven't seen Home Alone either. Um, yeah, they don't need a, a Christmas new- Vacation is good if you watch it on TV, but if you watch it on the DVD, it's like. Yeah. You know, you don't want to watch it with grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. I do. I want to watch that with grandma. Okay. okay, so what what other are like potential candidates for top top movies? You know, I'm I'm in the young kid phase, so I love the new Grinch. Oh, I think it's hilarious. Solid. And the music is fantastic yep. in it. So um then I just watch we just watched the Klaus, which is or actually it's called Klaus. And it's sort of like the genesis of Santa Claus. Okay. And it had a great story about bringing light into darkness that I just loved. It was really good. It was well done. And it was like artistic enough to keep a parent's attention and funny enough, you know? All right. So I'm going to give you some movies. You tell me, are they in the proverbial top 10? Okay. Miracle on 34th Street. Definitely in the top 10. A Christmas Carol. Uh, no. Unless the Muppets did it. (laughs) A Christmas Story. Um, no, I don't like. Wow. All right. Uh, yeah. White Christmas. I love White Christmas. A little too long, but yes, it's a good movie. <laughs> uh, Elf. Definitely in the top ten. Top ten. Elf. Top five. Um, I'm kind of, How about the Santa Claus? Is one through twenty. <laughs> <laughs> the first one's pretty good. Yeah, my kids have seen that. They they like yeah, that. Yeah, the first one's pretty yeah. good. Have you seen this? There's a new one on Disney Plus called Prep and Landing. No. Oh, it's they're only like 20 minutes. It's only a 20 minute one. It's hilarious. Is it? It's one of the best. Oh. Yeah. The, the one I'm waiting to watch. Someone just sent me a note that the Chosen mm-hmm. had did like a Christmas special. They did. Yeah. That's amazing. I think it's on YouTube. It aired sometime in December. I think the first part of it is all like, like Christian worship leaders. Mm-hmm. 
singing Christmas carols at the chosen set, mm-hmm. as far as I understand. And then they actually give, uh, maybe they did the birth of Christ before they actually filmed the chosen series oh. and they released it. Oh, cool. So I think there's a short 27 minute chosen episode of the birth of Christ. Okay. For those who don't know chosen, share with what chosen is, because I think it's a really valuable sort of thing to watch. Yeah. This all of a sudden, this podcast feels like Caleb. Yeah, totally. We're giving away free iPads. Yeah. For Jesus. <laughs> How are you doing this morning, Sherry? Should we play another Christian pop song? Yeah, your um, daily <laughs> inspirational dose on the way. Oh man, this is not the daily ins- yeah, <laughs> inspirational. We're not those guys, <laughs> right? All right, so chosen. Uh, I don't really know a lot about it because that was you know I was told to watch it mm-hmm. this year and I didn't. I was like, yeah, okay. I just don't have. I, I just don't really. I don't know, pay attention to too many shows, but to keep people kept telling me you should watch the chosen, and it kept. Showing up different areas. So I watched it, brother. Yeah. I cry every episode. It's so good, isn't it? Do you cry every episode? I cry every episode. You know, it gave me like a, just a new perspective to read the gospels again. To see, okay, I know that it's this art and TV and, but it was like, oh, I just want to read the gospels again. Just a love for the story of Jesus. Yeah. They make Jesus very approachable of all the different videos I've seen of Jesus yeah. he's definitely the most approachable in the chosen and just lovely yeah so lovely and exciting. the storytelling is great yeah I like that the one person that wrote me a note that said you know those aren't the words that Jesus said like well true you're you're watching a tv show in English yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's some license anyway yeah uh yeah so chosen good if you haven't seen that I would definitely start that off Yep the the movie the Nativity Story it came out in like 2006 is really good. Is that connected with the Chosen? No, it's oh, not. But okay. I I think the Passion of the Christ that Mel Gibson did, yeah, and then the Nativity Story are like still some of the top great Jesus films. That's good. Yeah, I really enjoyed the Passion of the Christ. Like that was a well done, historically Catholic sort of take on Jesus, but it was really good. It's great. Yeah, man. All right, so we are talking about the death of Jesus now, but we really like to talk about the birth of Jesus. Yeah, well, I mean, they all they all are connected somehow, right? Yeah, I mean, it was fun. This so this last week we did the candles and uh, candlelight and carols, carols, carols and candlelight. That was a lot of fun, man. That was a blast on all three campuses. People gathered uh, around fire pits and we sang the carols and read the Christmas story. That was yeah. I don't know, I just loved it. Yeah, it was great. It was a, just a joy to be with. Calvary and to sing those things, and especially outside, singing carols outside with candles is magical. It it was. I mean, like the weather, the temperature was great. We we're kind of concerned about the wind, right? We prayed about it, and the Lord was just kind and made the wind go down. That's true. It actually. was so good. Um, but there was something about being reminded of the humility of Christ mm-hmm. arriving on the planet, and there's no formal home warmth to bring him in, and so. They lay him in a manger, right? A feeding trough. Right. So it'd be outside the building with a little bit of weather mm-hmm. around the fire in the cool of December to be reminded of his humility. Yeah. And sing songs. I thought a lot about the shepherds when we were we were singing carols, just how they they were just so surprised in just at the the humanity of them, just nobodies sitting on the hill getting to see Jesus is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about the shepherds when my kids would run off into the pitch darkness and I was wondering where they go yeah how am I get them back the kids had a blast <laughs> I they? heard them yeah no but it was a great time for all three campuses just a bless uh 
just to bless the Lord together yeah. and sing those carols. So tomorrow night we don't have our traditional historical Christmas Eve services on our campuses. We have an online service that's yeah. going out, and it's it's streaming live at four and at six. So you don't want to be late to those. So choose a time. If you come at four or five, four fifteen, you're going to be fifteen minutes late to the service. Unless you're that person that comes to church that late, just show up True. at normal time. <laughs> It'll feel just like normal. So don't don't show up late. Um, but then we'll post it after the 6 o'clock service, so probably around 7, 7, 15. Then it'll be on demand. You can watch it whenever, right. um, even the, you know, with weeks to come. But tomorrow night, 4 and 6, we're all going to – it's going to be – I don't know, it's pretty cool that we'll be gathered in our homes. Right. Um, find some candles in your house because there will be some candle lighting. And we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. Yeah, the worship team and um, the – communication team and your team of tom and thomas have put together a wonderful service all right so i'm excited for it yeah you've you've played where's waldo right yeah yeah for everyone who has played world's where's waldo and you want to look for pastor jay he's in the christmas video well but it's live thomas how do you know that i uh, know it's aired live oh it's aired live yeah cool yeah it's gonna be a really good night i'm excited to see calvary it's just gonna be really cool to be at home to be participating and know that everyone at Calvary is with us. You know what I yeah. mean? This is it's a beautiful good. thing. Yeah, and you don't have to fight for a parking lot or yeah. parking spot. or And we don't have see. to clean up the wax. <laughs> the, the, the month <laughs> of cleaning up wax with the, dehu- what is it, the humidifier, iron? The, yeah, like, it's the, the steamer. The steamer, the yeah. steamer, yeah. yeah get, man. The, get all the wax out. Get all, all right, the wax good times, good times, good times. Just a little insider info for what happens in January. All right, let's talk about the Christmas story. In yeah. view of what we talked about on Sunday. Yeah, and I thought your message was super hopeful. I was super blessed. In our home groups, we talked a lot about um, just what it means to see Jesus. How do you see Jesus? Or how do you miss Jesus? Was like the conversation we had in home group. Yeah, I mean, you have uh, several characters, right? You have anywhere from the shepherds, magi. You got Herod there. You got Mary, Joseph, um, Zachariah, Elizabeth, Simeon. And Anna are kind of like all kind of names that you probably are familiar with if you read the Matthew or Luke accounts. Yeah, they're the famous characters. Famous characters. And some see them and some don't. Right. Herod primarily. The Jewish leaders didn't see them. Yeah. So your conversation about how do you see Jesus around Simeon, is that where it's coming from? Well, yeah. I mean, you asked that question and, you know, it was sort of just throughout your message. But, you know, you see these people and you see... um, these these wonderful characters who actually see Jesus, and you're asking yourself the question like, why did they, why did they, and not like the innkeeper? Why didn't the innkeeper see Jesus? Why didn't um, the religious leaders, the ones who read the the prophecies, they knew where the prophecies would be, didn't see Jesus? All right, let's let's break it down this way. Short conversation today, but let's do three things. Let's talk about the character of the people that that saw him. Let's talk about. Um, how they saw them okay. or saw him, and maybe the, the key ingredient, the key character um, of the whole Christmas story. Yeah, there's an underlying yeah, there is. character through the whole Christmas story that you probably haven't been paying attention to. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not Buddy the Elf. It's not Buddy the Elf. All right, so here we go. So one thing I think is interesting is the people that saw Jesus, and this is, you know, Jay and I were talking about this earlier, um, they're not the usual suspects, right? So they're not the religious elite. And I think oftentimes when we think of, oh man, they, they're pastors, 
They're church leaders. They must have an inside scoop, a, a privileged position. God must really hear their prayers. Yeah. This is not true. It's not true. No. And so when you look at Simeon, we'll take these two from last week. So Simeon and Anna, the text just tells us a man in Jerusalem, a widow in Jerusalem. And so here are two. They're not, they're not the priests or the high priests. They don't have prestigious positions. It's simply a man and a woman. And the woman is probably, you know, a, a really sad, you know, situation where she's been um, a, a widowed for most of her adult life. And she is in the temple courts daily, worshiping, um, looking for the consolation of Israel, probably similar as Simeon is. Mm-hmm. So Simeon, we don't know how old Simeon is. We project that he's older, but we don't know that. Right. But he is a righteous man. Yep. So that's the characteristics of these two, right? Yeah. They're righteous worshipers. Yeah. Okay. Can I pause here and just go a rabbit trail that I thought you was, we need to talk about is that um, Mary and Joseph come into the temple they offer the sacrifice, but they offer the sort of the secondary sacrifice because they're poor. Yeah, there's a provisional sacrifice. Yeah, provisional. That's a good word for that. And um, I thought that was really interesting that um, Jesus came into the world like not in the best neighborhood, not in the best family. Like that's pretty cool. It's, it, it gives me hope that Jesus can come into my life. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, you would kind of two pieces of that. I don't think we mentioned it on Sunday, but if you didn't catch it, um, let me just reiterate it. God's law is so good. Like when David says, I love your law, on it I meditate day and night. It's like honey, sweet honey to my flavors. Or it's flavorful. He's not talking about the Gospels. Right. He's talking about Levitical law, right? Yeah, and he's talking about all the the books of Moses. Yeah, like yeah. Don't, don't boil a, a goat in its mother's milk, yeah, you know? Yeah, totally. But in there, in that provisional law, is how God incorporates all of Israel. And he knows, okay, so if I'm going to make a sacrificial system that's based on some domesticated animals, oxen, sheep, goats, not everybody's going to have these animals because sometimes they're very expensive to keep. Yeah. And so how do I make sure that all my people can worship? No matter where you're, what side of the tracks you're from. No matter where you're from. Uh, is this provision of, okay, well, if, if you do not have the financial resources to provide a lamb, or a goat, then you can bring a second bird with you. Yeah. And those aren't, you know, those aren't necessarily domesticated. You can actually go and, and acquire one of those, you know, in the wilderness. So here's Mary and Joseph showing up with that provisional um, two birds as opposed to a lamb and a bird. And just kind of, it indicates to us that they live in a lower socioeconomic class. Yeah. But it indicates also to us that God comes to us in our poverty. Yeah, he, he he's not really, he's a matter of a heart. He doesn't judge what you have, he yeah. who you are. So let's build on that. So we got Simeon, right? So he's yeah. a righteous man. You have Anna Susie's a prophetess, a worshiper of the Lord. Mary, a young virgin, and Joseph, a young man or middle-aged man who's betrothed to Mary. Nothing about them is spectacular. Nothing, Nothing about them is privileged. Nothing about them gives them some sort of status that we would assume if there's going to be a coming king, they're the ones that are going to have it. Right. They're the ones that get to see it, or they're the ones that get to experience it. Um, their their characteristics are the characteristics that we can really have. Yeah, righteousness. Yeah. So one of the things that we're trying to do on this podcast is just trying to connect. You know, what what we hear on Sunday to how do we really live? If you want to see Jesus, it's not about acquiring some sort of position. It's the cultivation of being a righteous woman, being a righteous man who is a seeker. So what are they doing? They're waiting for the consolation of Israel. It means they're waiting for the Messiah. They're, they're actively seeking 
God's promises. Yeah. We can all do that. Maybe, can you help us define what righteousness is? That's a biblical word. Some of us, you know, that's a hard word to sort of define sometimes. Yeah, righteousness, I would describe as being right. So rightness. So you are right with God. Um, it doesn't mean you're perfect or sinless or whatnot. It means that you have a heart that has turned in towards God and God has reconciled, now that we have Christ, has reconciled us to him. And so we are counted righteous, not because of our own works, but because of the works of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then there's an addition to that where we we join into with what God's doing at right living as well. So there's a, an act of response out of what God has done in making us right. Perfect. Right. So that, I mean, we can all do that. We can all turn into the Lord. We can all be waiting on his promises, seeking his face, looking for uh, his activity in our life. That's what characterized Simeon and Anna. Yeah, they weren't watching Netflix, binge watching that night. Nobody's watching Netflix anymore. Yeah, no one is. But, you know, know I mean, like a righteous person puts away some of the things that the culture says you should be doing every day in order to live rightly. Right? Yeah. As I said, right. As a righteous. Correct. Yeah, correctly. Correctly. But um, I think that's really important for everyone here. And just a really encouragement to my own heart is that righteousness is a ch- a choice on some level to to know what God's done on your behalf. Just wanting to follow and respond. Him. Yeah. I yeah. mean, before Christ, I mean, so if, if we're talking about righteousness that's applied to Simeon or Joseph specifically, it means that they are God-fearing wanting to be right-living men of Israel. Mm-hmm. That's all that is. Right. And so when we get to our own lives in 2020, that's a, do you, you know, if you want to see God, this is a great way in order to see God. I think your eyes have to be tuned, right? Yeah. It's almost like your ear has to be tuned to hear certain musics mm-hmm. or to be aware of certain things. Like if you if you haven't spent a lot of time outdoors, like you and I love the outdoors. Yeah. Um, if you've never spent time outdoors, you go outside and all the sounds of the city are gone. And then you start hearing things like, wait, what's that? Mm-hmm. What's that bird? What's that noise in the woods? And you have no concept if that's a, a rattlesnake, if that's a chipmunk, you know, if that's a blue jay. Um, but if your ears are tuned, that means you're, you're waiting, you, you're aware of what the noises are. That's kind of the right living is I'm waiting for, I'm looking for, I've tuned my eyes to the activities of God. And it's really hard to just like, unplug from Netflix and then like you have the right vision to see God's activities. That's super correct and a great illustration. All right. So, so those are those right, characteristics. Yeah. They're righteous. They're waiting, waiting, they're seeking. So there's an activeness of like continuing to what is God up to? What is God up to? I always asking that question. What are you doing today? Jesus, what are you doing today? Yeah. So you have, you know, Magi, I see a sign and we're seeking it. Yeah. Um, Shepherds say, we should probably go to Bethlehem yeah. and see what was just proclaimed to us. Totally. And so they go activate what has been revealed. Yep. But there's an underlying character. There's a, there's a character in this story that a lot of times we miss out. Right. So before we get to that one, okay. let's get to, so those are the characteristics of, you know, the, the person that we can all have. The next piece is like, how do they see though? So like, how do righteous people see? Oh, okay. Yep. So how do people, righteous people see is is God reveals it to them. Yeah. Now, I don't really want to get into a, you know, God's will, our will activity, but you just can't escape when you read the Christmas story, when you read the Gospels, when you read the New Testament, 
that God is the initiating force of faith and revelation. So what does that mean for us today? It means that we, I, I think it means that I need to change my prayer life. I need to adjust my prayer life to God's word. I need to be informed by God's word of how to pray to him, right? So oftentimes when we pray for people that don't see Jesus or they're losing faith or whatever, we pray, God, just we ask that they would see you, that they would humble themselves. They would, you know, which is great. I think those are true, but maybe more true is, God, we pray that you would open their eyes. We pray that you would remove blindness. We pray that you would reveal yourself. We pray that you would. And the, the way it's changing is I'm asking God to be the initiating work, as he says he is. So here's Simeon. It says that Simeon was promised by God that he would not die until he has seen the, the promised Messiah. So when Mary and Joseph come into the courts and, and Simeon sees this baby, there's nothing about Jesus wrapped in, you know, swaddling cloths or I, I don't know. Right. Um, that would indicate him as, oh, there, there's the future Messiah of the world. Um, so when, when he says what he does about Jesus and blesses Mary and Joseph, it says that Mary marveled, Joseph marveled at what Simeon said. It's not that they marveled at, wow, I can't believe this about Jesus. I didn't know this about Jesus because they know all of these things that Simeon says about Jesus being the Savior of Israel. Yeah, they got visited by an angel of the Lord. Right. You would sort of have that in your brain. So what are they marveling at, Jay? They're marveling at that other people know. Yeah. How did Simeon know? Yeah. How does, he's just a baby in a big temple. So, so they're marveling at the fact that God has now begun to reveal who Jesus is to others. And Simeon is a person that has been revealed to. Same with Anna. And if you think this is kind of the story of the New Testament, you think of Nicodemus in John 3, where he comes and says, how do I, how do I get into the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says, well, you got to be born again. Well, how can, well, how can I rebirth myself? And he says, you can't. This is initiating work that has to come from heaven. Or think of Peter when Jesus asks, like, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ. Like, kind of send me, like, you are the Messiah. I see the Lord's Christ. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Peter, because this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but from my Father in heaven. And so how do we come to see Jesus? The initiating work is up to God himself. That's right. That's right. And so we're praying for, for God to humble us in our wills. We're asking God to reveal us. And build on our faith. So when, if you feel like you have really weak faith today, like you just don't see Jesus as you should, or maybe as, as others do, um, it's not a work that you can go and build on. It's a work that you're asking God to do in your life. Yeah, and then this Christmas season, when you gather with your family or you see them on Zoom this year in 2020, and you see those people that are so far away from God, and it reminds you like, oh, I need to be praying for them. You're not really praying that, they would come to know Jesus. You're praying that Jesus would reveal himself to them. Yeah. We're not praying that people would figure it out. Yeah. God, God help them figure it out. Because, like, I assumed I figured it out. No, you didn't figure it out. No The way. Lord in his kindness opened your eyes. Yeah. At 17, when I came to know the Lord, there's no way I had that figured <laughs> out. Only God himself doing a miraculous work. Okay, pause real quick. At the age of 17, name one thing that you had figured out. My haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had okay. glorious hair. No, no. no. Kristen Ewing, if you are listening, find a picture of the Jay puka Ewing. That I wore. <laughs> I had those figured out. You had the puka shells? Yeah, man. Did you go to Florida or something for a family vacation? You know, that's how it works. That's how it works. That's good. No, no but, I, want, I want to see Jay Ewing's haircut at 17. It's glorious. But, so, you, yeah. you know, that's All so right. true because in this Christmas season, we, we deal with our family. All families are messy. Let's just... Jesus' family was messy. All families are messy. 
And we have individuals and loved ones that we love dearly who are really far from the Lord. Yeah. So how can we be encouraged this season? The first start is pray that God would reveal himself to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're working on cultivating that heart of righteousness, being seekers and waiters on the Lord. So we want God to reveal himself more and more to us. We want to see greater depths of the Christmas story. You'll be praying that for yourself too. And then as you continue to see more and more of Christ, that's just going to overflow into your family members um, and just say, okay, I'm going to pray for them, pray that they would see more of Christ even in me. Yeah. You know? At 17, I know why I got to see Jesus. I had a grandmother, a godly, righteous woman from day one of my announcement that I was going to be born to 17 was praying for me every day to that God would reveal himself to right me. on. That's, that's why, you know what I mean? Those, yeah. those are the prayers of the saints. You don't think your prayers matter. They matter to God. They matter deeply. They, they shape God's world in our world. All right. So we got, uh, you know, the characteristics of a righteous person who's a seeker, a waiter. Great. We've got God's initiating work, mm-hmm. which kind of gives us to our third kind of, you know, look here is there, there's an active character in the Christmas story that's often forgotten. Yes, and this is one way you can pick him out. Yeah. You you read it, and every time you see him, you put an H in your margins or holy or HS. Yeah, so okay, without saying it quite, if some of you guys don't know who this is, yeah. some of you guys don't, you should reread Matthew's account of the birth of Christ. I and, gave it away. And, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> and reread... Luke's account, first two chapters, and just look for this character, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. He is everywhere. Underline it, circle it every time you see that phrase. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit has shown up um, in Mary's life, shown up in the birth narrative, shown up in the in the initiating work of of drawing in the shepherds. I mean, it's just it's everywhere. So, yeah. and you know, let's let's also there's another character too, and it. It tells you who this person is, and God is up to something big. It's angels. Whenever angels and Holy Spirit show up, God is at work in miraculous ways. Happens in Acts. Angels, Holy Spirits, the Holy Spirit shows up. It happens. Same in the birth narrative. Do you think when the angels show up, it's like touched by an angel? No way. If you if you if you see the shepherd's response or anyone's <laughs> response, they just fall on their face. Yeah, and they like, are like terrified. their life. Their life is over. Yeah. They're dead. Anyone's like, I've seen an angel. Like, what was it like? Oh, it's this warm experience. I'm like, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, maybe I don't know. Maybe I just see like when people see angels in the Bible, they freak out, and the first yeah. thing the angel has to do is console them. They say, like, "Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid." Yeah, change, your, change your pants. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. Yes. That's what he'd say to me. But it should, it, I mean, we sort of sidetracked. But angels and Holy Spirit in the scriptures means something big is happening. Yeah, God is revealing. Yes. This is his revelation. It's his sending his messengers. Angels are messengers. So he's revealing his work to humanity. It's wonderful, man. All right, so, okay, just to circle it all up together. Yeah. Put it, try to put a bow on it for Christmas. Yeah, that's good. When I'm looking at the Christmas story, it seems so miraculous that it's beyond me and not possible for me. The humanity of the Christmas story that Christ came to Mary and Joseph, the unlikely characters in poverty, to reveal himself to waiting righteous men and women by his own choosing gives me so much great hope that I can live out the Christmas story today. Yeah. And I will say amen. Merry amen. Christmas, Thomas. Merry Christmas, Jay.
Hey, Calvary, we love you. Merry Christmas. We hope you have a hope-filled Christmas. We hope that you feel the Holy Spirit, that you sense God's presence in your life. Continue just to be people of God, sold out to this idea that God is on the move. He's still working today. He still has some things he needs to accomplish through us, through you, through our world. We love you. Have a great new year. Happy New Year's as well. And we will see you in 2021.